Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week and thank you for joining us again this week. We have been doing a series on the seven I am's of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Uh, Jesus seven times in the Gospel of John says, I am. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am, uh, uh, I am the light of the world. All of these are absolute, uh, just incredible things concerning the I am's of Jesus. And we have filmed to date probably something like, uh, I don't know, 20 programs or better on the seven I am's of Jesus. Uh, we are going to begin to deal with the seventh one this week, I'm the true vine. Now before I get into that message, let me just, uh, let me just tell you that if you've missed any of them, you just tuned in for the first time and thought, man, I really enjoy what you're saying, but I missed the first six I am's. Well, the good news is that you can go back and watch them again at your leisure on YouTube. Uh, YouTube has everything that we have aired to date is archived there, and you can watch them at on demand anytime you'd like to there. Uh, actually, we have a growing audience on YouTube, and we're very thankful for that format. You say, well, I don't have time to sit down and watch the YouTube videos. Well, the, the good news is we have it also in audio form. The audio uh, portions of these programs are recorded for your listening pleasure. You can go to our uh, our podcast on iTunes, you can also get the RSS feed for your Android device. Now the easiest way to do all of this is simply to go to my website, and that address is on the screen probably in the lower thirds, or at, right there on this screen. If you go there, the opening page will have literally a video of us, and it would be the latest program we have aired. If you tap on that, it will take you directly to our YouTube page or in the upper right-hand corner of the opening page of our webpage, there's a little icon, that's a symbol of YouTube. There's one for the little uh, Android looking, looks like a little robot. Uh, that's the Android feed for uh, RSS feed. And then we have the little uh, iTunes insignia up there. If you tap that, it will take you directly to our podcast. You can subscribe to any of that free of charge and we are, my partners and I have made that available to you at this point at no charge, and uh, you can get the gospel and listen to it riding down the road in your car or however you'd like to do it. Today we're going to deal with the seventh I am. Jesus says in John 20, or John says, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that believing you would have life through His name. That's the whole purpose of the book of John, and John really brings probably the, one of the most incredible, I believe, treaties of truth concerning the human and the divine, that Jesus was very God and very man, and He did very much the things that uh, He said He would do in His earth walk, but also as He uses the terminology, I am, it is connecting us to what He said to the children of Israel when He said to Moses, Moses said, Who must I say sent me? He said, you tell them, I am sent you. And so Jesus comes to be the representation of the Father, the I am, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. But in order to start today, we're going to start in the Gospel again of John, chapter 15. 
Uh, we, we finished chapter 14, which feeds right into this, where we were talking about in John chapter number 14, uh, where Jesus really begins to talk about uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. And we talked about in that particular series, we talked about how Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And what he was saying there is not just I am the way to heaven, but I am the way into the Father that will give you relationship with him, not just as an austere uh, uh, old man sitting on a Victorian chair with a club in his hand that we think so many times about God, but as my Father. And so we begin to see him as our Father. Now chapter 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is not cast forth as a, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This commandment, that you love one another, or this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, and if you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, it will hate it. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of this world, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. They have, if they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. Now let me just before I uh, uh, begin to just really unpack this, let me just begin to make some comparisons. You know, in every one of these seven I am's, when I begin to deal with them, the contrast that we begin to show you is that in every one of these times where Jesus says, I am, it was in contrast to what they thought was 
the I am. In other words, he says to them, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. You thought that was the true bread, but that's not the bread. I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the door. When he said that, he's telling them in the context of that. You thought there was some other way into the sheepfold, especially through the law of Moses or through performance Christianity, and you thought that was the door, but that's not the door. I'm the door. You thought that the true shepherds were the shepherds of Israel that literally fleeced my sheep and took advantage of you, and they were not true shepherds. They were hirelings. But I am the true shepherd, and David got a hold of that and said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We looked at I am the light of the world because they thought that the light was the mosaic system. And Jesus begins to say to them, that's not it. I'm the light of the world that lights every man that comes into the world. And uh, you, you thought that the, that the law of Moses was the life. You searched the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. But you won't come to me that you might have life, but I am come that you might have life. He's the life. I am the life. And so that was not the life. He was the life. He's the truth. He's the way. So everything was in contrast, once again, to what they thought was divine. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some very powerful things that may challenge your thinking a little bit in this series. But we're going to continue to see that this theme is consistent all the way through. Because even as I began to share these, I began to see even as I started studying them and teaching them to you, that there was always a hint of how that, that, this, that He is not only the bread to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. Uh, matter of fact, when He talks about the people which sat in darkness, saw a great light. It was him beginning to show that this light and this life is not for the Jew only or the twelve tribes, but for all the world that they could come into the covenants of promise and into the things of God. Uh, and so he was uh, uh, showing all the way through this. He says, as a matter of fact, when he says, I'm the door and I'm the shepherd, he said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. He was hinting at the inclusion of the Gentiles that would literally come just a few years later. The mystery that was hid from ages was Christ in and among you. And what he's talking about that is that it is including the Gentiles to make of one uh, blood a people for his name, to tear down the middle wall of perdition and together, together in one all things in Christ. Uh, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, could be brought, made one in Christ. Now, I want to just start out because we're talking about the vine. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Now, I want to contrast this, first of all, with Isaiah, the fifth chapter. Isaiah 5, verses 1 through 6 says, Now will I sing to my beloved a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard. My beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it, and gathered it out the stones thereof, and planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress therein. And he looked that it should bring forth groups, uh, I'm sorry, that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, men of Judah, judge you betwixt me and my vineyard. 
what could have done more, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth fruits or grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor dig, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord, watch this now, the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. Now what I want you to see, because this only makes sense, I get a lot of questions about this chapter in John's Gospel, John 15, where he talks about removing the branches and burning them with fire. Now let me tell you that the branches that he's talking about here are so very plainly clear that the vine and the branch that you thought was going to produce fruit was the house of Israel and the men of Judah. And God said He planted a very fruitful vine. He said, I will sing to my beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved had the vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He fenced it in and gathered out the stones, and He planted the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it. And, 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 and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, but it didn't bring forth grapes. So you thought Israel, what he's saying here is the contrast, is you thought Israel and the house of Judah was the true vine, but I came to tell you that I'm the vine and you're the branches. Our redemption is not based on our ethnic background. Our redemption is based on our born-again Experience. Now let me just go ahead and, and compare that Scripture. Uh, what I did was I compared that Scripture uh, in Matthew 21. It's almost a word-for-word -word verbatim quote of Isaiah chapter 5 that we just wrote, or we just read. Uh, Matthew 21 verse 33 says, Hear another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it about and digged a winepress in it, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. Now I want you to see that what he's saying here is, is that he planted a vineyard. It is almost word for word to Isaiah 5, where he said he built, uh, planted a vineyard, and put a hedge about it, and digged a wine press in the middle of it, and a tower, and he built a tower, and he let it out to husband. It's almost verbatim a quote from Isaiah chapter 5. He said, and when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son. He said, surely they will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come let us now why would you say, this is the heir. 
Because what I want to show you is that the real vine is Jesus. These men were the husbandmen. You thought they were the vine, but that vine and the branches were about to be cut off the, and they were about to be cast into the fire. And that literally happened in A.D. 70 at the destruction of that temple when Jerusalem was burnt with fire. And because, as you can see, that what happened is that he planted this vineyard, he turned it over to husbandmen, these rulers of the synagogue and religious rulers and those that should have been caretaking the vineyard, the indictment he's making here is, is that I sent to you servants and prophets, and some of them you killed, and others you mishandled. Jesus, matter of fact, in Matthew 23 says to them, fill up then the measure of your father's sins, because I sent unto you them. But you witness to yourselves again that you are the ones who killed the prophets and stoned them that were sent to you. But as he sends the son of the owner of the vineyard into the vineyard to see how the vineyard is doing. Uh, the Word of God declares here in, in Matthew 21 that they said, this is the heir, let's kill him and seize his inheritance. I want you to know the branches that were about to be cut off are not Christians that in the future are not producing fruit where you can be in one minute and out the next. This is dealing with a covenantal shift from Old Covenant to New Covenant, and he's talking about those who had been connected to the vine, and the vine goes all the way back to Abraham, not just to Israel, but to Abraham, and the promise was made to Abraham that your seed is going to bless the nations. And we see in Galatians chapters 3 and 4 that Christ was that seed, not seeds as of many, but one seed, which is Christ. He was the son of the owner of the vineyard. He is the true vine. Anything else are branches. But he's talking about the endangerment of these branches that would literally uh, about to be burnt down or, or, or cut off and cast into the fire. So he's really not talking about individuals that are Christians that, that aren't producing enough fruit. He's talking about you had the covenants of promise. You had the right to be a husbandman over this vineyard, but now it's going to be taken from you. And there's going to be other branches that are going to be grafted in, and they're going to be connected to this vine, and they're going to produce fruit there. Now, it's going to include some first fruits or some elect out of natural Israel are going to be included in this, and we'll see this in Romans 10 and 11 later on. But, when he, but he, well, let, me, let me finish reading this, uh, this again. It says, uh, uh, and the husband, and this is verse number 35 of Matthew 21, and the husbandman took his servants and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will receive my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. They caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. And when the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? Verse 41 is the answer. And they said to him, He will miserably destroy these wicked men and will let out his vineyard <laughs> unto other husbandmen. That's the inclusion of the Gentiles, which will render unto him fruits in their seasons. And Jesus said unto them, Did you never read in the Scripture the stone which the builders rejected 
the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sights. Therefore I say unto you, now this is as clear as I know how to make it. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. That's not my opinion. That's what he said, that he was going to take that, uh, that vineyard and give it to the nation producing the fruit thereof. He was about to include the Gentiles, and the nation that was about to be born in a day was going to be a nation born that were in Christ, both made up of both Jew and Gentile, a new man, a new creation, a, a, if you will, uh, the, the, or the original intent of the purpose of the true vine, which was the seed of Abraham, was now on the scene, and they were about to be connected to the life source because if you're not in Him, you don't have any life in yourself. So you thought that was the vine. That's not the vine. The vine was Christ. The vine is Jesus. He is the true vine. I am the true vine. And if you abide in Him, you will produce fruit. There's no other way to do it. If you abide in legalism, you abide in religion, whatever else you abide in, it does not produce fruit. Now, let me go on. I want to sidetrack there, but I won't at this moment. He goes on to say, The kingdom will be taken from you and given to the nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall it will grind him to powder. Now watch this. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spoke of them. Duh! In other words, they know this is about them. They know that this is about the kingdom being taken from them and given to a nation producing the fruit because they are abiding in the vine. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. And when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. Now, uh, let me just... Uh, uh, I don't know how much more of this I can get done in this segment, but I want to go to Isaiah 42 and show you another text that confirms this. Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 10 says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall send forth, bring forth judgment unto truth. He actually quotes this later in the New Testament as well, that same verse. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his wall. Thus saith God, the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and the Spirit to them that walk therein. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee. Now watch this. And I will give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light to the Gentiles, to open the eyes, to open the blind eyes, to bring out of the prison, bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither any praise given to graven images. For behold, the former things are come to pass. 
and new things do I declare before they shall spring forth. I tell you, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise from the end of the earth, you that go down to the sea and all that is therein, uh, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. Now what I wanted to bring out again here is he says, this is my servant. Behold my servant. This is talking, this is clearly a messianic prophecy. Why do you say that? Because he first of all uses terminology again that is once again used in the New Testament. Behold my servant whom I may uphold, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. And he goes on to say, I the Lord, in verse 6, have called thee in righteousness, will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and will give thee for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles. So he's saying to the one who is Messiah, I'm going to give you the Messiah as a covenant to the Gentiles, and a covenant for the people and uh, for a light to the Gentiles. And then I'm going to open the blinded eyes to bring out of the prisoners from prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Two things that concern this. And I confirm this, and I'll come back probably in my next segment and deal with this a little bit more in depth. He begins to talk about going down into Capernaum and Bethsaida and Chorazon, and he says to them, the people that sat in darkness saw a great light. The Gentiles all of a sudden began to see the light of this glorious gospel that they were about to be included in the covenants of promise. But what you begin also to see in this Isaiah text is he says that one of the things he will do when he comes is he will came to open the blind eyes and to bring out of the prisoners from the prison and them that said in darkness out of the prison house. The first message that Jesus teaches when he comes into the temple is from the book of Isaiah where he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them bruised, to open the eyes of the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to those that are in the prison to be loosed. So what we're seeing is he's fulfilling all of this messianic prophecy that he in fact is the true vine that will connect both Jew and Gentile, and that if we abide in Him, we will produce fruit. And when He says that I will make Him as a covenant, Jesus is the place where the new covenant is connected in the New Testament. And when He says, sing unto the Lord a new song, He's talking about singing the new song of the new covenant, because He says, I'm going to declare to you that there's some new stuff that's going to come, and the former things are going to pass away. Jesus is the true vine. And we are the branches. If we abide in Him, we'll bring forth much fruit. If we don't, He's talking to these Jews. They're going to be cut down, cast in the fire. That came in fulfillment of these prophecies in A.D. 70. We are just about out of time. We'll pick up again next segment. But if you like what you're hearing and you'd like to become a partner with our ministry, you'd like to sow back into what you're feeding from, please take a moment to call the number on the screen or the easiest way is simply to go to our website and, and uh, there is a place where you can give via credit card, PayPal. Uh, you can give via check or money order by sending your check to Linhouse Ministries at the address that will be on the screen and mail it that way. Uh, if you don't get an answer when you call, if you'd like to leave a message for a call back, we'll call you back. But the easiest way is to go to the website and do that. We appreciate you. Thank you for your support. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind 
The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.